If you have your Bibles, we're going to start out in Galatians. You don't have to stay there long because uh, we're just going to read our current scripture that we are about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's in um, 5 verse 22. And it says this, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. We've studied love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And today is gentleness. Aren't we all gentle? My son tells me that I'm not very gentle. When we wrestle, he says that I'm not very gentle. And particularly when I lose my temper, I'm not very gentle. However, there are times where something happens that I can only tell you that it has to be God. Because there are times when one of my kids will do something and the gentleness comes in because it catches me so off guard that there's just something special about that. But what I've recognized in, in kind of studying these, these fruits of the Spirit and, and, and what the Bible says about it and, and how that as we're, as we're following our Lord, that these things are not checklist things. And I, I know I keep saying that, but, but that's what I always want to do is when I get a list and, and the Bible says this is, it should be a part of my life, I want to go through the checklist and go like, oh, I'm working on that one. Check. And yet he says that, that if I'm really walking with him and I'm connected with him correctly, that this should be something natural that's coming out of my life. Okay, check and erase. Because <laughs> it's not that natural. And so then that gets back to me and the Lord in our relationship. And, and what that's supposed to be like. And then that gets back to, to me really surrendering and being obedient and really having this relationship that the Scripture says that can be really intimate. And just like this morning, watching Aiden getting baptized, well, I can remember um, that my camp experience is where I met the Lord at 14 years old. And I, could, I can vividly remember the setting. I can, I can remember the preacher. I can remember some of the talk. But I remember my life being different from that point on. There were still struggles. There was still sin. There, there was still attitude that I had. There was still temper. There was still anger. But there was something different about my life. And it's because Christ came into my life and started transforming my life. And so as we look at this today, I think it's important to understand a definition of that. So somewhere kind of before we even start your notes, if you just want to write out the word gentleness, uh, put it out there somewhere. The Greek word for this was perotis. Uh, was interesting enough that there's not really a great word from the Greek to the English that really translates this. In fact, the closest word to the English that translates this is the word um, meek. And unfortunately, many times we have a mis a misperception about meek because it sounds like what? Weak. So we think when a person is meek, or they're showing meekness, then they're actually weak and they're showing weakness. And that's the perception that we have is like, oh, that, that's, that gentleness is meek and a meek person is, you know, kind of, I, I think we just picture this, that they're, they're a little bit more uh, reserved and, and maybe even on the side of we put it into cowardly. God, oh, they're meek. 
And yet the scripture says to us, the meek will what? The earth. Inherit the earth. So then what is that word meek, gentleness? We'll use those in the same, the same kind of way this morning. Meek and gentleness mean, first of all, understand this, that the word meekness means this, power under control. Meekness means power under control. So that gives us a little bit different way to look at Jesus particularly. That looks a little different than this cowardly kind of weak person that's just going to let the soldiers take him away and crucify him. It's power under control. And that particular word that we talked about in the Greek, peritus, means this. It's defined by the ancient Greeks, and it has several different ways, so I'm just going to throw these out at you to let you kind of get a feel for it. It describes persons or things which have in them a certain soothing quality. Have you ever met those people? That there can be chaos going on and you meet them and they're just, that everything seems to be okay. They just kind of, it's soothing, right? So that's one way to describe it. Another way to describe it is in gentleness of conduct, especially on the part of people who have had in it their power to act otherwise. In other words, a forgiving king uh, to a servant who's failed a particular task. The king has the power to really put him under, right? But he gives him forgiveness and says, hey, it's okay. And so that is described as a part of conduct. He chooses to show kindness and forgiveness. And that king would be praised, by the way, for his gentle and, again, meek, which... We associate that with weak because it sounds alike, it just seems that way, but it's not. Then another one is, describe the ability to take unkind remarks with good nature. You're embroiled in a controversy, and people are saying things about you personally, and yet you're still able to handle that in a way that soothes people, in a way that your conduct and your temper is not lost. Definition of that is being able to discuss things without losing one's temper because of unkind or unfair remarks. But most often, this word, peritus, that's the Greek word, is used in describing the character in which strength and gentleness are perfectly combined. And here's a couple examples of that. A horse is obedient to the rain. A horse is like, what, three times heavier and bigger than all of us. And yet that rain that we can pull this way or that way directs that horse in which way to go. Or, I thought this one was pretty good, a watchdog friendly to the family that owns him. You know, one of those slobbering mean dogs, and then they go up to their master and they're like licking them and playing with them and stuff. It's like, that, I'm scared of that dog, but it's fine. Right? Yes, your dogs always scare me and they love you. Giles has very big dogs, and then they just ah, slobber on you. Mine's a little slobber dog. There you go. This is what Aristotle said about this word in the Greek. The ability to bear, the ability to bear reproaches and slights with moderation, and not to embark on revenge quickly, and not to be easily provoked to anger, but to be free from bitterness, contentiousness, having tranquility, 
and stability in the spirit. I just really wanted to impress y'all that I read Aristotle. What does that mean? It means this. It does not imply that there is never a place for anger, but listen to this. The word is actually used in a way that says, there can be anger with us, but listen, on the right grounds, against the right persons, and in the right manner, at the right moment, at the right length of time. And if you and I are going to err, then let's err on the side of forgiveness rather than the side of anger. Right? What, what did our grandparents always say it was easier to catch a fly with? <laughs> Is it honey or vinegar? You know, many times our personal responses to circumstances and, and things that are going on in our life with all the emotion, with all the things that, that might be revolving around us, whether it's family, whether it's finances, whether it's just a, a flat on our car, all those things bring about emotion. There's time constraints. There's, there's things that are happening in our life, and all of them are going on. And yet what Scripture says about this fruit of the Spirit is, hey, is there, is there gentleness in my life and in your life? Well, there's times, right? Check. But when those circumstances are really pushing us, when, when life is really squeezing us, whatever's inside of us is going to come out. And we see what the true character and what the true color of our lives are. Gentleness, meekness, what does that look like? Well, let's give the example of Jesus. In Matthew, uh, I'm going to read Matthew 27. Um, you can flip there with me if you want. I'll be flipping quite a bit this morning, so you just kind of roll with it, and I'll give you the scripture as we go. There's several scripture that I gave you for Jesus in the context of the outline. This is the one we're going to use this morning. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges being brought against you, Pilate demanded? But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. We have the example of Jesus that continues at his trial, at the cross, and all of his ministry of this person that responded in gentleness. Wives, how much better would you respond to your husband if he was gentle? in the way that he was saying something to you that you had done wrong. Which, by the way, husbands, how much better would we respond to our wives when they so gently, lovingly tell us how to drive? I mean, how to help in other ways. Children, what kind of better response would you have in reaction to your parents if they were responding to you in a very difficult situation, but they were doing it gently? You say, well, well, that sounds weak. Again, let's remember what the word power under control. It's your parent. They have the right to speak truth into your life. 
But how do we respond as people? I'm the same way. Hey, there was a coach that barked at me, and there was a coach that kind of somehow gently pushed me along. Which one did I respond to? And some of us need a bark. We need a bark every once in a while. But there was always something behind the bark that you could see that was different. And there was a gentleness that was involved in that. And that's what he's telling us here is how did Jesus respond? His meekness in the trial. But it wasn't because of his lack of strength. In Matthew 23, we see that he demonstrated it by denouncing to the Pharisees, this is who I am. But these were his biggest critics, and supposedly the theologians of that day. And yet he denounced them, standing up to them. He also did it at the temple, at the purging of the temple. We always kind of go like, well, Jesus, did he really get angry? I don't know. If you throw a table over, are you really getting angry? Jesus was human, right? They were basically playing bingo in the church. He didn't like it. So what did he do? Messed it up. Threw the table over. Hey, I want you guys to kind of know I'm serious about what's supposed to happen in the house of God. Do you think people took note of that? Hey, Jesus threw a table over. Right? But yet somehow he did that in a spirit of gentleness that let people know that he still loved and cared for them. Gentleness, power under control. Barclay says this, We treat all men with perfect courtesy, that we can rebuke without rancor, that we can argue without intolerance, that we can face the truth without resentment, that we can be angry and yet not sin, that we can be gentle and yet not weak. That quality of gentleness only comes from having a humble opinion of oneself. And honestly, for us to have a humble opinion of oneself, then I think we also have to see where is your significance found? Where is my significance found? Is our significance found in our job, men? Is our significance found in our money? Is our significance found in our family? Is it, is it found in our toys? Is it found in what our kids achieve? What is your significance found in this morning? Because when you find out what your significance is found in, then you'll find out a little bit about who you are. And what God says is that our significance needs to be found in His Son, Jesus. And when we understand who we really are and what we're really like, then we understand that humility that it would take to be gentle. Because knowing what I deserve and what Scripture tells me that I already know about myself, but it actually tells me that my own heart can be deceitful, that it actually tells me that I have self-centeredness and selfishness, and that if left unchecked and, and left to drift, that I'm going to drift back towards that sin nature because that's who I was. And so I have to keep that in check with my relationship with the Lord every day. Otherwise, I drift back to what I originally was. So how do we do that? How do we have that gentleness? And how do we understand what it means to have that humble opinion of oneself? And listen to this. 
with the inner strength to control one's emotions, our tongue, and our behavior. That, that could be the question and kind of the test for us this morning. Can, can we control during a tough circumstance? Can we control our tongue, our emotions, and our behavior? Listen, I, I admit to you guys, I mean, when I was a college pastor, I, I would play basketball with the college guys and we'd play intramurals. And, um, and I would have a struggle with a referee who was a college kid who was making $8 an hour to referee and should have been a professional. That's funny. He's making $8 an hour. He's just a college kid having fun, and I'm sitting there arguing with a referee. You're missing that call, and this is for the world championship of intramurals. <laughs> I hate to say it because there's too many people in here that I've played basketball with. Our emotions can get the best of us. My emotions can get the best of me when I'm watching or helping coach one of my sons or my daughter. I can get engaged in that in such a way that somebody who might not be a follower of Christ might just scratch their head and say, that's the preacher? Much less the whole Christian card, right? What's inside of us comes out. So here's what we need to look at. What, what, is, what is the particulars that I can find in my life? The place of gentleness in my life. You got these, this is your outline, so follow along and I'll throw these out to you. We'll grab some scripture with it. So the first one here is this. We are to receive the word of God with gentleness. It's out of John one twenty one. Let me read it to you says this, Well then, who are you, they asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. We are to look at Scripture and understand that Scripture is to be received with gentleness for us. That we need to, to look through the eyes of what God is trying to say to us. How do I apply this to my life? By the way, if you look in the Old Testament and you try to apply the Old Testament to your life... You just might get your glasses, throw them down, step on them, walk around and go like, I don't get the Old Testament. Okay, the Old Testament is a lot of history, and it's a lot of background, it's a lot of foundation, it's a lot of prophecy for what's happening in the New Testament. So a lot of the things in the Old Testament that we see, okay, women, you are all supposed to wear dresses and please wear something around your heads, not because you're not beautiful and we don't want to see you, but that was the traditions of that time. But guess what Jesus did? Jesus came so that we didn't have those laws anymore, and he died for those sins, that we didn't have to wear those things anymore. Men, it's awesome for us, because as priests, we don't have to have a rope tied to our leg and throw us into the holy place in case there was some sin inside of us. They threw a rope to our leg so they could drag us out, because that was the way they had to do it then, because the priest was supposed to go on behalf of the whole congregation in there. And kind of talk to the Lord about all y'all's sin. This is Jonathan paraphrase. Y'all would probably have to put two ropes on me. I'm a little bigger. And y'all have a lot of sin. Help me out. The New Testament gives us freedom in Christ to trust Him. 
and to understand that we can respond in gentleness when that is a part of our life and a part of our life in an ongoing basis because we are closely related to him. I'm going to always refer back to John 15. When we are connected to the vine as a branch, the right things are going to come out of us. But we have to be connected correctly. We receive the word of God with meekness, with gentleness. With what is that? It's power. It's God's power, but it's under control. Speaking to us, sharing with us, imparting with us what we need to have in our lives and how to live our life that's pleasing to our Father, to our Creator. Then the second one is that we must approach brothers and sisters in Christ and other people as well in error with a spiritual gentleness. What does that mean? With a spirit of gentleness. That means that there are plenty of people that don't believe like we do. There's plenty of people that don't believe like our church. There's other churches that don't like what we do. It's just okay. There's other churches that do it different than that. It's okay. When we believe the same thing about Christ and we believe the same thing in the understanding of some doctrine and some theology and we believe that, that He is the only way, we can be different in the way we worship. We can be different in the way we have methodology, which is how to reach people. It's like fishing. We go over to the White River to fish for trout. You have those crazy flat bottom boats and you got those cool little jigs and even the jigs are different colors. For all y'all, just give me a nod that you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Then we go over here to Beaver Lake and you're going for striper and there are these big old fish and they're way deep and it's this totally different boat and a totally different rod and reel and a totally different bait. Guess what? We all fish differently. But he tells us that, that when we do that, with, that we have to approach our brothers and sisters in Christ with a spirit of gentleness. Hey, you're, you're not wrong over at Central Methodist because you didn't dunk all the way. By the way, they give you the option. You can go all the way under or you can get sprinkled. You might have a water shortage. I don't know what the deal. They can be different. But when we understand that there's only one way to God, our Creator, and that's through His Son, Jesus, there's no difference. And he says that one of the things that we need to do as brothers and sisters in Christ is that we can have conflict. We can, we can have struggles that we, get, that we have things that, that are different, that we don't get along with. But we do that in a spirit of gentleness and loving, caring for each other, right? That's what he teaches us to do. He says that out of Galatians. Let me read that real quick to you guys. Galatians 6.1. And it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly, listen, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That's what he tells us to do. How many times have we become the judge and the jury? And especially as the church. And we got a lot of social issues coming down through our country that we're going to have to deal with. And how we love people through that is going to reflect what Jesus is all about. 
there's a lot of stuff that's going to press against us in the near future that ruffles our feathers and just doesn't seem right morally because it goes against God's Word. But how we respond in showing people Christ in that is going to be the life or the death of the church in America. And we have to be ready for that. And then he says we must correct those in opposition with humility. Again, that same word, paratus. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. Let me read that for you real quick. It says this, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Listen. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's heart and they will learn the truth. That we can gently do that. That we can really oppose them. That they might even be difficult people. But even in their difficulty, the way that we approach them, the way that we continue to show God's love towards them, regardless of how they react to us, is what God tells us that we're supposed to do. And then the last one is this. That we're able to answer questions. Listen, able to answer questions concerning the hope of Christ with meekness. And I put two scripture down there, but I want, I want you to write this one down because I like it better. It's 1 Peter 3.15. 1 Peter 3.15. And it says this. Instead... You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain. But listen to verse 16. But do this in a gentle and respectful way, keeping your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Are you and I possibly going to be made fun of because of our Christian walk? Are you and I possibly going to be even looked over at job situations because of our gentleness? Are you and I possibly going to be treated different because you and I are followers of Christ? Absolutely. You can count on it. But where is our reward? Where does the Bible tell us that as followers of Christ that our real reward is? Where is it? It's in heaven. So anything that you and I get here that's a slap on the back, that's a good one, boy, that helps us to, to move people, that we get to influence people, anything that we have here that puts us in positions of influence and leadership as Christians, then we thank God for it and we use it to the greatest ability we can for others to come to know Him because our reward is ultimately in heaven. And sometimes what it looks like down here on earth is that we're getting slapped around. But Jesus went to the cross because he knew who was going to win. You and I know who's going to win. And now we need to start living like we know who's going to win. And we need to act like that in the spirit of gentleness and understanding what God has for us. I want you to look at one last scripture that we see from Jesus that he gives us. And let me just tell you in conclusion that 
that one, one who is walking in the Spirit of God, when we are doing this the right way, it, we are going to be a gentle person in the midst of whatever trying circumstances come our way because of the humility that is coupled with the inner strength that's going to affect our behavior because what is inside of us is going to come out of us. And with that said, then in Matthew, and I'd love for you to turn with me so you can mark this in your Bible. I think it's worth marking. It's so Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, and 29, and 30. And when you see the word yoke, he's actually using that as another word for a disciple. And so think about you and I being a disciple of Christ, being a follower of Christ, trying to live this life as though we're living it unto him and doing everything we know we're supposed to do. And this is what he tells us as followers, as disciples of him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, this word gentleness, that means power under control. Lord, seems... So many times unfair when we want to stand up to things that are, that are wrong, when we want to stand up morally and in ways politically in our country, Lord. And yet what your scripture says is that, God, when we're connected to, to you correctly spiritually, that, Lord, we can lay it upon you, that we can give it to you. That, Lord, it's yours. And that, Lord, we can't do it. And, and Lord, we, we know this, we understand this, but, Lord, when, when, when we are weak, you are strong. So, God, for all of us this morning, may, may the challenge be to us that in our most difficult circumstance coming up this week, and in the biggest thing that we have going on that might be Lord, just overwhelming to us that, that in that circumstance, Lord, that, that somehow, some way, that we'll be walking with you in such a way that we'll respond, that we'll react, that we will, will be gentle the way that your son Jesus was gentle. And Lord, just in the next couple of minutes, as, as Lord, we just... We sing a song to you of praise. But Lord, we see in Matthew that it says a gentle and lowly heart. And God, may, may you just in these next couple of minutes as we sing, Father, may you show us our heart this morning. May you show us the understanding of, of what it means in Matthew when it says the yoke of becoming your disciple. That, that Lord, that you take us upon you and that we would learn from you. And it says, Jesus, that you are gentle and lowly in heart, and that we will find rest for our soul in you. God, that's what we ask this morning. May we respond to you this morning and take up the challenge of gentleness in our life.